This is Dental All-Stars, where we bring you the best in dentistry on marketing, management, and training. Here's your host, Alex Nottingham. Hey everyone, I'm Alex Nottingham, founder of All-Star Dental Academy, and we're back. For those that missed us in the prior episode, we talked about why patients say, say no, and I have Larry Gazzotto, our head instructor, with us. I have Eric Vickery, one of our longstanding All-Star coaches, and he's a case acceptance and tracking uh, numbers expert. And so we are going to talk about case acceptance objections. Okay. So before, and I'm just going to actually, I mean, before, let me just list them. Uh, where are my objections? Give me a second. I'm going to list them. And then we are going to talk about just in, you know, why they, why they occur. Right. So, Give me one moment as I pull it up. Okay. Oh, no. I just had it in front of me, and they went away. Oh, here it is. Okay. So tell me, for those that are listening, let me know if if these ring a bell. I can't afford it. That's too expensive. I have to talk it over with my spouse and get back to you. I can't get approved by third-party financing. I have to think about it. I have to look at my schedule. Will my benefits cover the treatment? What if I'm not in network? Can I wait to get work done? Can we do the highest priority item item first? Or like Eric, last time we were talking about, let me get that one tooth done and, and ignore, ignore everything yeah. else. Does it really need to be done? And and we can spend hours just with objections. They're so creative, okay? So why, and, and Eric, you, Eric, uh, Larry, uh, there's some great material on objections I want you to bring as well. Why, gentlemen, do they occur? We'll start with you, Eric, because I know Larry's answer a lot of these to this. But Eric, what, what, why do they occur? Why do case acceptance? Why do objections occur? So by definition, an objection is a reason for not moving forward based upon inadequate information or lack of engagement. So why no? Before we talked about mm-hmm. in our last podcast was that co-diagnosis. They didn't. They didn't really get on board with what we've been talking about. It didn't make sense to them. It didn't sink in. We didn't speak clearly enough. When communication fails, it's it's the sender's the sender of the message problem, right? So we didn't send it adequately enough. Could we have prevented the objection? Possibly. But now it's here, and we got to talk about how to deal with it. For me, money, time, fear, urgency, trust—those five big categories—in the words that you've spoken, Alex—all come up because we missed something. Could be in rapport. We didn't connect with them on on, on a way that makes them, we we got into too much telling them what they need. And all I heard was treatment and dollars. And they didn't really understand what the problem was before they moved forward. Not only that, they didn't understand what the consequences happening. And so it's, you know, I haven't been the dentist in 14 years. And you're telling me I got to come back every three months now. And there's this big gap, big gap between what they believe to be not really that big of a deal and if my insurance won't cover it, then why should I have to pay for it? If my insurance company doesn't think it's a big deal, then it's not a big deal. Forget what the doctor said, right? The insurance company went to medical school. So I think the issue here that we all have to remember is sometimes, though, there are life conditions that get in the way. And we get those confused with objections and we give up on the objection and, and engaging that conversation. So a life condition means it's impossible for me to move forward based upon life circumstance. Mm-hmm. My wife, who had the insurance, just lost her job. So income's down, lost the insurance, and my son just started college. It's not that I don't want to do it. It's not that I don't believe in doing it. I wish I could. 
when I scheduled this appointment, those life conditions weren't in place. And, and now I cannot. That's that's different than an objection. Objection we can we can deal with. A life condition, when you go through this process of your investigation, you're asking of questions, you you'll discover one of these two things, life condition or objection. If you discover the life it's a life condition, then you're gonna come back to them in six months or the only thing that's gonna fix a life condition is time and life changing. Their circumstances change. But we can get back in engagement and, and create some dialogue and communicate with them and help them get navigate themselves through an objection, not us tell them the solution to the objection. That's good. Larry, why, why do yeah? I really like that that distinction: life conditions versus objections. That's, well, because that's there are that. some objections that are actually genuine, and sure. so that that would be one of them. And so recognizing that there are some genuine types of objections that that's important. Um, but I would say the reason why we get objections, an objection in my mind is sort of like a request for assistance, mm, I like and that. it sounds like resistance. Um, they're not being resistant, but we should expect it anytime whatever we're offering doesn't meet up with their expectation. You know, if it doesn't solve the problem that they think they have, then you're you're going to get an objection. But if you if you develop the mindset that this person just doesn't have enough information and that's the reason why they're objecting, it's because they're looking to you to help them figure out why now, why this tooth you know, why should I do this when you tell me to do it? You know, so so they need that assistance there. It sounds like they're resisting, um, but they're not. And and if we if we turn the tables, we would all do the same thing. If you're offering something to me that I don't think is going to solve my problem, I'm not going to do it anyway. I'm going to say no, thank you. And most people are going to be polite about it. They're not going to say, oh, you're probably trying to send your kids to college you know, or go on vacation or huh, that was your fancy car out in the lot. They're not going to say that. They're going to say something polite, like I have to go talk to my spouse or I need to, you know, uh, check with my boss at work. You know what I mean? So so sometimes they put us off. Sometimes they just blow us off, you know. Uh, and so we, we've got to recognize the difference of when that's happening and how to handle it. Those are smoke. So streams. I would just say that you get you, you're going to get an objection when whatever you're offering doesn't meet their need, doesn't solve their problem, solving the problem that they think that they have. We should expect a, uh, an objection. Matter of fact, I'm always worried if I'm talking to somebody and I'm not getting an objection because just because they're agreeing with me doesn't or as put it this way, just because you're going along doesn't mean that they agree. Or they're going to say yes or something, right? What do you mean? So sometimes we have to kind of pick for an objection. Like, how is this fitting in with your life right now? How does this fit in with your budget right now? Does this make sense? Yeah. Yep. What do you think about this treatment? How is this going to help you? You know what I mean? Like, we need to hear them say, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. And that goes back to in our last episode, we were talking about the co-diagnosing, that we're along in this together. And I believe, Larry, you gave a great somewhere in our program and a lot of things you talk about so much good stuff there was this theme about uh how i think it may have been how case acceptance has changed yeah. over time and how people have made decisions and now they really want to be more involved in the process and um and so we want to encourage that this is what we're doing here's where we're moving and how do you feel about this right what do you think about this so that's very interesting because so very some two very interesting nuances one being implication, uh, you were talking about life situation versus objection. 
Okay, so so that's one distinction that you know we don't want to feel bad. Sometimes life situation as it changes, we we're still going to be involved, but that's not a true objection. But I like Larry. You have another paradigm shift or perception is we kind of want objections or almost we want to provoke some objections in a way to cultivate discussion and help co-diagnose because there's a there is a technique and there's a lot of techniques and i teach this in the program as well about some turbocharging tactics or persuasion tactics but you always got to be careful because if you don't have the heart behind mm -hmm. it and the good intention you're manipulating it's manipulative so, and it, be, it seems like correct pressure. But if you're going to get us into trouble, yes. Pressure but if sales. you come from the right place, you can use the psychology of influence and persuasion to help people. So co-diagnosing is a persuasion technique. It's a collaboration tool. Okay. If you there's also ways of when you preempt the objection by raising it. Patients say this. Sometimes patients sometimes patients are concerned about ways of of paying for this. Well, we offer you know different financing options, whatever. There are ways that you can preempt well, it or with, with let, the Let's just use it. the money issue, which yeah. in my opinion is a, a genuine objection. Sure. I don't have the money for whatever reason. Uh, okay. Wife just got laid off, kids are in school or braces or, or whatever. Um, it's a genuine objection, but when do you want this objection to come out? Do you want it to mm. come out when you're expecting the patient to make a decision? Yeah, Or would point. you like to have known that this person has this thing going on in their life while you're co-diagnosing correct you see because if you if you do it while you're co-diagnosing then you could address well gosh mr jones because you have a lot of treatment going on and because you got this stuff going on at home i'm wondering if it would be important to you that we phase this over time you see and that can be done in preclinical interview exactly so but you're doing it before you're expecting the decision right. because right. if you're at the point where you're expecting to make the decision and you never kind of you know, try to get an objection out of them. And they go, this all sounds great. And I know I got to do it. And you're dead on doc, except this is the worst time in my life to be able to do it. So I can't do anything. Oh, 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 oh. no, it's not a problem. Uh, Cause we can phase treatment. You know, we can do that for you. Well, right. their, their little suspicion meters are going to be on high alert because they're going <laughs> to think you're up to something. And, and, just and so what we have to remember is that, you know what? I could have asked that way before I got to this point. Cause now I'm backpedaling. I'm really it really it really does seem that when you're at the presentation part you better have your ducks in a row because if you at that point are not in line with that with with the patient uh, and we'll talk a little bit in our next episode about rapport. Well, well, not to cut like you that. off, but you're going to create a surprise at that presentation. That's, and we, and you're right. I like that you don't want surprises. Exactly. Yeah. And in the courses and in the courses what we're teaching is that we, if you do it all correctly, when you get to the presentation, it's just a summary of what you've already discussed. That's right. We right. just needed a time to formalize it. Correct. The decision pretty much had already been made. The patient's That's already stated their preference. If we're co-diagnosing like Eric is talking about, then they've already stated their preference for the kind of treatment that they want. If we've done it correctly, we've already even given them an estimate, kind of an idea of how expensive we think this could get. We, we know all this and we worked it all out so that when we get to the presentation, we're actually saying, okay, now that we've talked, you told me what was important to you and um, we got an idea of your budget. This is how we're going to lay everything out for you. It's really just a summary. 
and it's and it's done for the patient's benefit so everything is now formalized but remember it's also done for the benefit of the treatment coordinator or the person who's also responsible for following up on this treatment so you know what i mean that if again not to sound like a broken record but when it's done right the presentation has no surprises it's pretty much just a summary of what we've already talked about and decided. We're just formalizing it now on paper and with appointments and sequencing and, and all that. Yeah, I love that. No surprises. I love that. That's another. We're, we're very careful because we know yeah. you surprise the patient. You don't want surprise. You, you're you're, you're going to get no. And, and that goes back to what I was, saying, I was saying in the lap episode about why people don't make decisions is they're afraid of making the wrong decision. And surprises means, uh-oh. I'm on the way to make a wrong decision. We don't want that. Uh, Eric, you were yeah. twitching, so <laughs> you wanted to say something. <laughs> so it's so good. I love listening to Larry uh, go at this because uh, we're we're just right on the same page. My thing with when we don't have good code diagnosis, we don't have good buy-in, there's almost a background to this because we're, we're in front of groups of people, dental office people, and, and we're saying, who likes to sell? And, and nobody raises their hand because they're afraid of that S word sell. Right. And yes. what we're trying to help everyone accomplish and what Larry's saying is that we're going to help you sell health, but we're going to sell it in the format of what they say they want it in, people buy for their reasons, right? So give them their reasons for doing it. But all along, what we're selling first is the diagnosis, the problem. And if people can buy into that problem, then you're gonna prevent some objections. And if you don't do that, then you're gonna hear this objection. And it could be in any format, like Larry said, it could be a smoke screen. I need to go home and think about it. Or I can't afford that right now. How much is it gonna be? Let me go home and think about it. And so these, you have to clarify, and, and create this branch and uh, this fork in the road and say, okay, is this a real objection or a life condition? And then once you realize it's an objection, is it an objection because you don't understand why we're even talking about this, what the problem is, or is it really a, I need to go home and think about it or financial, you know, fit mm -hmm. into one of those categories. So lack of urgency has this overlay to these objections where it says, yeah, I can't really afford that right now. And do, but then they go get in the in the Cadillac on their way to Hawaii for a vacation. Sure. So so do they have the money? Yes, but they don't believe this is important enough to take their money out of their wallet. That's a different objection than simply just money. And, and you know what I was thinking is like it's just visual visualize the patient's perspective. When you go buy something for a couple grand at Best Buy or something, you end up with something you can play with and it's kind of pleasant. Mm -hmm. When you pay for something like you're paying money to hear that, you know, and like, oh, sensitivity. Oh, put a big needle in the back of your mouth. It's like, you know, you're. <laughs> Those are two, two different types of purchases. Push, purchase, pull, purchase, right? Right. Yeah. Push, purchase is life says you need this. Go buy right. the air conditioner unit, right? Go buy the right. AC unit. I don't right. want to spend right. on that. And then there's a the pull purchase. I want to go on vacation. I want to go out to eat. I want to go on a date. These are things that we enjoy spending money on, right? You want something, you will you will more likely be just excited to spend the money. Here in dentistry, the, our fear, what we allow to happen is that we get stuck in a push or need. You need a crown. You, you need scaling and root planning. 
We've done ourselves a disservice because when they've heard those words before in the past, you need to go to the grocery store, you need to pay the bills, you need to get gas. Those are all things people don't want to spend money on. And we right. just put ourselves in that category by making it a push purchase. And, and it's not it's not purchase. pleasant. Maybe with is in terms of this also correlates with our last episode is changing the narrative, right? That when we're able to, as you're co-diagnosing and discussing, once we're able to resolve this, you won't have this pain. You won't have the sensitivity. You'll have a different look. You'll have a different translucency, a different feel. You'll have a different when you don't have to like you can show your teeth. You don't have to like cover your mouth. Those mm -hmm. then translate to lifestyle and they can, they can visualize, wow, that will make a difference in my life. And that is pleasant. Yes. If you don't know what that is, yes. if you don't know what that reason is for that person, I call it, you know, their why, their you why. Know, they'll do yeah. a plan yeah. for you, right? Their why. If you don't know what's important to them, then again, it's back to, because I said, so right. you need right. pushing. So you know, Alex, because you told me earlier, you didn't want to end up losing your teeth like your grandfather did. I'm concerned about oh, that's good. Infection Ooh, your gums, right? Yeah. So now, now it's your reasons, and I'm approaching it that way. When we break those rules and we get out of that, now it is pressure sale. Now it is need purchase, push purchasing on people, and then you're going to get objections because this is what we're we're just we're both opposing each other, pushing back and forth. You need this. Well, I can't afford it. Yeah, but it's going to break. Yeah, but I still can't afford it, and I don't really trust you. And it starts to create this back and forth, this argument instead of getting into engagement right this engagement conversation that we talk about how to handle objections or creating communication and you recognize when an objection does show up it should tell your team something we missed something earlier in the relationship development in our communication earlier this patient we missed a step in our yeah. process you can systematize these verbal skills and these systems together, you're going to get better results. And then all of a sudden, oh, that didn't work. What did we miss? You'll know in the system what you missed based upon the objection you heard. Yep. And so that's why I would say you have to probe for objections if you never got any, mm -hmm. because there's probably something keeping this person from making a decision. We just don't know what it is. And I don't want them to use it when I'm asking them to make the decision. I want them to give me the objection while they're in the decision-making process because then I can answer the objection. Like if I have to work Otherwise, out the budget or if I have to work yeah. out the time. Because all, all objections aren't, aren't the same. We're kind of talking about those life-changing objections. But the staff also has to recognize some objections are just hopeless. You know, I think yeah. we talk about this in some of our, our webinars where, you know, I'm, I'm just here on vacation. I'm leaving tomorrow. I've got a flight back home. Well, we know we're not going to try to talk you into something. It's just like, let's get you comfortable and let you get back, you know, to your dentist kind of thing. Or or, or somebody who's like, look, I'm checking into prison tomorrow, you know. And so you know, it's just a hopeless kind of thing. But but we have to recognize that. So we know, OK, I can't I can't help you. But the, the ones that trick us, though, are when we're getting put off, you know, or or the ones where um, uh, uh, they're just putting us off. And it's not like a real objection, like I have to go check my calendar or talk to my boss. Like, like your boss is going to keep you from getting dentistry done. You know, How'd I you get to check my schedule. Right. It's just like we know that they're you're just putting us off. But my point of bringing it up is when it's hopeless, we know we're not really going to address it. If we're putting it off, we're not going to go, oh, yeah, why don't you go talk to your boss? I would say, well, what do you think your boss is going to say about going to the dentist? You know, mm -hmm. I would address that right now. So Eric was alluding to 
you know, we've got to recognize the, the process of getting objections so that we could go back and see what did we miss. We also have to look at, well, what kind of objections do we get? We, we could categorize those as well because it tells us how to handle them. If somebody says, I have to get a babysitter so I don't know, I would say, well, why don't we give you the appointment so that we know when to tell the babysitter to come? I wouldn't say, well, okay, go find the babysitter and let me know. And then I don't have an appointment. Right. You know what I mean? Let's wait, wait, wait. You're just putting me off. If you have small children, you're always going to need a, a babysitter. Um, just like um, if if somebody has like a half-baked idea, like I don't know if I should do that treatment because um, I know somebody else who did it and they got radio reception. You want to deal with that right now as well and say, well, let's just talk about that because you know, I'd like to know what channel they picked up or what kind of music are they getting or, you know, what what should I get for you? But my point is, is that you're, you're dealing with these things right away. You're not saying like, well, you're a lunatic, you know, and, and I'll address this at your next hygiene visit. We're going to deal with it right now. Right. But the reason why I'm bringing this up is because if, if you get a genuine like a lifestyle thing, like money, time, insurance, like those kinds of issues, th these are real issues for people. And my point is, if you don't address them right away, or if you don't address them before they actually come up, then you're really gonna have a problem down the road. And so that's why probing for objections is important because we know if it's one of the big five, pain, money, time, you know, insurance, you know, that type of stuff, we better figure that out with the patient beforehand. So we don't wanna wait and find out when we want them to make a decision. It's the same thing when somebody comes in, because we talked about it earlier, but we didn't give it a name. When somebody says, well, why would I do this treatment? It doesn't even hurt. To me, that's the kind of objection that people give with a prejudice, you know? Or maybe they said, I'm just coming here to get all my teeth pulled because, you know, my mom did and she had plates and grandma had plates and, you know, as we call it here in the South. And so, you know, I, I came here to get my plates. You know, when this person has perfectly healthy teeth, you know, that could be saved. My point is, is they're objecting, but with prejudice. It's like you came here with information that you didn't get from us, you know? And so when you get an objection with prejudice, you have to start to feel like, oh, shoot. You know what I mean? I should have found out about this before, you know? Like you might be surprised I'm bringing this up because you hadn't mentioned to me that it's hurting. And right. they're like, yeah, this is strange to me that you brought this up because I never said that it's, it's hurting. I know a lot of people think because her tooth is cracked and it doesn't hurt, it wouldn't require treatment. But I'm wondering if it would be okay for us to talk about why it's important that you get treatment now. So my, my point is when you're being just put off or it's hopeless or maybe it's kind of half-baked, you deal with those right when they come up. But the trickier ones are when people have an idea in their mind when they think they should get treatment, like it should hurt. Or if it's a genuine condition like, you know, my wife just got laid off or I'm taking care of a sick parent or something like that, you don't want to deal with those objections when they come up. You actually want to do it before you're expecting them to make a decision. So I'm making a, a yeah. distinction here on some of these things. You're always going to get an objection when whatever you're saying doesn't meet with what this person was expecting. And so that's why the process that we always talk about works so well because it gets you out of this trouble but when you start to get objections it doesn't mean something is wrong it just means this person doesn't have enough information and that's why they're objecting and when they do if they're just putting you off deal with it now you know if it's genuine 
Well, you're going to have to deal with it now, but it teaches you the part of the process that I missed was before. I should have brought this up. You know, you need a lot of treatment. I don't know if it's a good time for you to get started on something like this. Could we talk about it? And the patient's going to say, yeah, because I think this is going to be a lot of money. Okay, now we got something to talk about. There we go. Yeah, The so what I want to do in our next episode, we're going to get right into the all-star system. The all-star system for case acceptance, I, I want to tell you about it. We're going to have a discussion about it. I, I just want to bring up the issues. I want to lightly kind of see what can go wrong in, in these areas, right? And then when you go on to the webinar, I want to, for those who haven't, excuse me, for those who haven't got a chance to register, I'll put a link below where you can register for the case acceptance webinar, no pressure, no sales case acceptance. And like I said, I'll put a link for that. And we're going to talk about a lot of the issues in there that we've covered in some more depth. We're going to look at the, as well as the all-star system. And I want to talk about that in our next podcast and discussion, but definitely opt in for that. It's a great webinar. Like I mentioned last time, some wonderful material. I'm presenting it, but I draw from a lot of it inspiration and expertise from Larry Gazzardo, our head instructor who helped us develop that. So thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. And until we meet again, go out there and be, be an all-star. All we hope you enjoyed this episode of Dental All-Stars. Visit us online at allstardentalacademy.com.